Welcome back, everyone. This is another episode of the Wannabe Jedi podcast. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Josh. And I'm Alberto from the Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast. Yes, we have a very special guest today. It is Alberto. We've talked about this for a while, about doing a collaboration. We finally got around to it. We were even teasing on Twitter before, so yep. it's very exciting. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Thanks, you guys, for calling me in. I'm glad to be here, excited, a bit nervous. But yeah, we've been talking about it for, I want to say, since a month and a half or something. We started talking yeah. through Twitter, and finally we're, we're here. So let's see what we can do. Yes, we're happy to have you. I'm, I'm excited for it. Today is Dryden Voss, the infamous kind of gangster? Um, <laughs> yeah, crime Lord. Yes. Crime Lord might be a little bit better. <laughs> From Solo, a Star Wars story, as well as his first mention was in Choose Your Destiny, a Han and Chewie adventure, which is like an adventure book designed for little kids. Um, but that's when he gets his first mention. We asked Alberto when we first started why he or like what character he wanted to be on the show for. And you said Dryden. So can you give us a couple of reasons why you uh, why you wanted to discuss him? Yeah, it came at a funny time because I had just recorded one of my episodes a few weeks prior to that, talking about underrated characters or who I thought was an underrated character in Star Wars. And for me, Dryden Voss has always been one of them, especially underrated villain. When we talk about villains in Star Wars, Dryden's name never comes up. He's always Sidious, Maul, Vader. For good reasons, obviously. Yeah. But Dryden gets kind of pushed to the side. People don't talk about it too much. And I think as a character, but especially as a villain, he's very underrated in Star Wars. He's pretty scary if you start thinking about everything that happens in Solo. So yeah, <laughs> when the opportunity came in that you guys kind of contacted me, I said, yeah, let's talk about Dryden Voss. I want to get the word out. Yeah. Honestly, I'm a big Dryden fan. I know that Josh, we talked about this off air you're not huge on Solo as a whole. You've only seen it twice, which is just crazy. That's crazy. I mean... <laughs> not a good day today for that. I watched it the other day to do my research and everything. And I'm, like, waiting for these scenes for Dryden to show up. And, like, he eventually shows up. I know, like, Paul Bettany. He's an awesome. He's in, he's Vision in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. And I'm waiting. I'm, like, waiting for a scene. And he shows up in the couple scenes. And then they go on their coaxium run. And then he shows up later. And then next thing you know... He dies off of, from Kira. So I think I just need to give Solo a little bit more of a chance and watch it a little bit more to get the full Dryden feeling. Uh, I'm sorry. I got to disagree with you. I, I felt Dryden right away. I, I loved him. I mean, his daggers, which are called the, the Kuzo Pitar, yeah. are by far the best non-blaster, non-lightsaber weapon, in my opinion. They have brass knuckles on them <laughs> yeah. and they're dual bladed. That's sweet. I, I I don't know how you don't. You, his character, oof, beautiful. I like him. <laughs> um, yeah, Dryden, it's, I think it Paul Bettany's interpretation of the character is what sell, sells it for me, especially knowing how late he came into Solo and everything that happened behind yeah. the scenes. I think he does a great job playing Dryden Boss, both kind of the cool character that feels... He feels bad for everything that happened with with Beck and all that, and then he, he switches up so quickly. He can play both sides pretty pretty great. Those yeah. weapons are just awesome, the look of it. And yeah, I mean, I don't want to get too much into it right now. I'll wait till we get going a little bit more, but solo in general, sure. we can talk about the movie some other day, or if, right now, if you guys want. I know it's something that not a lot of people wanted, 
but we got it and I think it's a fun ride. It's not the best Star Wars, but at least for me, it's one of the most enjoyable ones. And yeah, when yep. those scenes come up with Dryden, I, those are the ones I can't miss them. It's just the way he plays it for me is, again, a great Star Wars villain. Yeah, I agree with you. Honestly, for me, Solo, I think I said that from the very get-go. It's not the best Star Wars film, but it's fun. Yeah. It's enjoyable. It keeps me, like, on, not on the edge of my seat, but it, it keeps me very entertained during it. So I'm a big fan of it. Cool. I mean, I like it. It's just, I started seeing, like, Donald Glover and, you know, the Han Solo and Lando relationship. I kind of like that aspect of it. You like that more than the the crime side of it, the, the crime lord and syndicates? You know what? Since... You know, they had like that little cameo of Dryden in Clone Wars in that last arc. I kind of see how everything was developed, you know, with Maul and especially with Maul and seeing how that that crime syndicate was developed. So, yeah, I, I do have a little bit more of a admiration for, I guess, the movie now. But like you said, I, I, I can see your point of view from how it's fun, but not what some people wanted. It doesn't take itself too seriously, which is what... Something I enjoy, obviously, in this day and age with uh, Star Wars, Twitter can be a little <laughs> rough when it comes to the Last Jedi versus... It's just, it's never-ending debates, and I feel like no one is ripping on Solo. They're just like, yeah, it was a fun film. Yeah. It didn't take itself too seriously. And so I think that that is something that it definitely has going for it. Yeah, not again, not to get too much into all the issues with Star Wars Twitter or that, but a lot of it's... They want everything to be too memorable, the best Star Wars. If it's not the best, then why even worry about it? And yeah, people say, yeah. oh, it's a good movie and that's it. That's, but they, that's not enough for them for Star Wars. It has to be the greatest thing ever. And for me, as, as long as it's enjoyable, you can sit down for two hours, watch it, get up if you have to come back and keep enjoying it. That's good enough for me. And Solo is that type of movie. Yeah, I agree with you. Now, getting into the actual character of Dryden, because we just spent... A little bit <laughs> discussing just solo because I mean that's where he mainly appears. The yeah. first thing I want to talk about is the face design of him and the scar-like mm -hmm. marks. So it only like it intensifies and reddens in moments of stress, rage. So like when your adrenaline levels are high, and I don't know, I I know it's CGI'd in, but man, does it look clean! Like it feels like it's actually like the red is glowing on his face and not CGI'd in after. And so I just got to chalk it up to whoever I don't know who did that behind the scenes but it is phenomenal it's one of my favorite character designs yeah it's one of those things that it takes a little bit to notice the first time you watch the movie because the scars they're obvious when you're watching it and then you start are they getting redder are they getting dark as it yeah. get, gets angry so yeah it's a great design as you say it's very subtle but it's effective yeah and it's also i wonder if it's intentional because they seem to glow red when he's on like the verge of attacking or killing like when he says test me one more time and you'll see what happens it's just bright red and you're just like like you were saying it gives a real sense of fear to us that like oh my gosh this guy's glowing red and red obviously symbolizes blood death and there's a lot of symbolism in film with it mm -hmm. but i love it yeah <laughs> yeah I, I i agree the scars do definitely add on to the suspense of his character yeah on the solo novelization they talk a little bit more about it and it does they get darker and uh, not just bright red, but just maybe a little bit crimson and darker red as he gets angrier. And yeah, it's very noticeable, especially when you start reading all the extra material, you kind of notice a little bit more. Maybe because he's part of Crimson Dawn. Uh, <laughs> I guess I just set you up. I didn't say yeah. <laughs> so this kind of leads me into my very first question for, for both of you guys. 
Alberto, as I'm sure, because I think you've told me that how you've been listening to the show, mm. I never tell Josh my questions ahead of time, <laughs> and I never tell anyone because I like to get their genuine reactions. Sure. So my first question is, what is your favorite weapon? Not lightsaber. So like, other than dark saber, because uh, I don't consider that fully a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. So other than lightsabers and like blasters, what is your favorite weapon? Because like I already hinted at, those daggers for me are the coolest. Yeah, I won't steal non- that. Ah, oh, man, that's a that's a tough one. That's a lot to think. about. I can go man. to Josh first if you'd like, because um, I know Josh is also stumped. <laughs> all right, let me... It's all good. I can I can take the time to fill. I'll tell everyone a little bit about the daggers <laughs> right. and where they come from in the meantime. So the daggers that we're talking about are the double-bladed weapons that are made with bronzium, and it features a conductive temper carbon edge. And there's buttons on the knuckles that when you press it, it gives an additional energy cord, which increases its cutting power and obviously the deadliness because of that. So it's almost like a vibro blade. It's not exactly, but it's very close to it. All right, so I'll go real quick, and it's not the... The best answer, maybe, or the most ingenious one, but I'll go with flamethrowers from the Mandalorian and Boba Fett. I won't get into him too much, but flamethrowers, <laughs> especially in Mando, every time he's angry, he just turns that flamethrower on and just ah, starts burning everyone. <laughs> he's like the reverse uh, Dryden. Instead of getting all red in his car, he just turns on the flamethrower and starts burning whoever's closer. <laughs> so I'll go with flamethrower. I like that one. Plus, I love that flametrooper that comes out at the end mm-hmm. that's in the... Last episode is one of my favorite trooper designs, so flamethrower is going to be my favorite non-classic Star Wars weapon. I like it. I agree with that. Josh? Uh, still got one? <laughs> still got it. I mean, one of the coolest weapons I've seen like, and heard about in comics is, okay, I know you said no lightsabers and no blasters, but I'm going to combine it into one thing. I have to. So there's this uh, lightsaber gun that the librarian in the Jedi Temple, after she survived a little bit into Order 66, she actually used this this hybrid lightsaber blaster oh, yeah, sniper yeah. rifle. So I like that. I like the idea. I mean, I don't see them ever bringing it to um, to like live action. Well, they brought it with Ezra for, well, not live action, but Ezra, he has the stun gun and lightsaber combo. Yeah. So it's similar to that. It's similar to that, but this is like a sniper rifle. Yeah. And it actually is like, oh. you load up your lightsaber inside mm-hmm. of it and it like shoots your laser beams. It's really, really cool. I did not know that. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. It's one of the Darth Vader comics from Charles Soul. I think it's their one. Yeah. I thought you were going to go with the little wrist shot that Ezra has at the beginning <laughs> of Rebels. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty good one too. The little it's almost like David versus Goliath. Yeah. I'm sure that that's actually probably the analogy behind it, but I, I like that. So, next thing I have and I want to talk about is Dryden's ship First Light, which is a yacht. Like the inspiration behind it is called the Marin County Civic Center, which is a performing arts center that's near the uh, Lucasfilm branch. So, it, it's very close to Star Wars. And I looked it up, and it's it's pretty close to it. It's it's pretty interesting, but I love the lavish parties, and I and I think it's a very it, it's a very big call out to I don't know if you guys have seen the film, but The Irishman. Mm-hmm. I started, but no. So Dryden reminds me of The Irishman. Um, it's a crime syndicate film, as you know, and it's like recalling lavish lifestyle and and along those lines. I like that because I also, it, it will lead me into what I want to talk about, which is like the future for Dryden in mm. Star Wars. But so this ship just kind of screams that like lavish lifestyle that the crime, untouchable. 
basically untouchable type of lifestyle. While we're talking about like his ship, can I just talk about like the different Easter eggs that they had in the background of, of his yacht? Yeah, do it. In the background, they have the uh, the crystal skull from <laughs> Indiana mm-hmm. Jones. There's some other stuff. Like I think there's like armor in the background. I don't know if you both can recall anything, but there are some. I remember the crystal skull. Yeah. I got my list. Yeah, he has. Uh, <laughs> um, I, let's back up a little bit. That's when it starts for me with Dryland. He doesn't have a starship. He has a star yet to start with. And yes. Paris. <laughs> and again, not to get into all the Last Jedi stuff, but for me, the way that that scene introduces all the rich and powerful people in Star Wars works better than what Canto Bite was. At least for me, you have yeah. imperial personnel, you have gangsters, you have people that just want want to be seen in the in the ship close to Dryden. That to me does better job in showing the rich and powerful side of Star Wars. But yeah, once you yeah. go to his private store, you have the Crystal Skull, like you mentioned. They have all Republic style Mandalorian armor. He has a Sith holocron that he found, or someone got it for him. That I don't know if he has it for Maul or what for, but. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff in that private study that he has and just, just to show off his wealth. And I guess it's not just being a criminal. It has to be, you got to look good when you do it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That, and I think that that's a good call out to like a lot of high society today is that they, they need their stuff. Yeah. Like that's where they feel that they are better than a lot of people is that they have this stuff and to show it off. Even if it's like, like who needs I don't know like a a huge bust of I don't know something in their house but they have it because they can have it and it's just it crazy that I feel like they did a really good representation of that in Star Wars via Dryden yeah so we're gonna continue this great discussion after this quick break. we're back padawans we are still continuing to talk about dryden voss and we're still here with radio rebellion all right let's get back into it matt i know you have a couple questions let's get into it so first thing that i want to talk about is not even the first thing because we're like 15 minutes into this but (laughs) something i want to talk about is the crime syndicates i think that this is the next section that star wars can head yeah we've gone down the mandalorian plot I guess you can say I'm okay with no more man, not no more, but Mandalorians taking a backseat. Now we've kind of developed Mandalore Mandalorians and their culture. I want to go into the crime syndicates because it's been hinted at. It's been shown in little bits and pieces. I think that'd be really interesting. And what I want to talk about is how Maul takes over the crime syndicates. I think that that can make a really interesting story. Obviously everyone loves Maul. I think it's pretty well known now that everyone loves Maul. <laughs> so that'd be a great way to still have, you can almost make this the start of the Dryden Voss show as I quote unquote that, but you have Maul transitioning over that power and, and we kind of see right after order 66 and how he escapes. And then we get to see how the crime syndicates work. It would almost be like a, like a breaking bad show. If we wanted to have like Kiara and Dryden be the main characters it could almost turn into like a Breaking Bad show where even though they're evil, we still root for them. Well, like I've said in previous episodes, I think they were trying to 
connect like they were supposed to have a Boba Fett movie after this sometime. They're supposed to connect the Solo movie to the Boba Fett and that's where like maybe Kira and uh, Boba and even Maul would show up together and they would further that story. I'd like a TV show of that. That would be really cool because again TV shows are you know you have more time in a TV show in a season of a TV show than in a movie. So To develop a character yeah. Yeah. So I would like that but yeah, I mean, crime syndicates have been part of Star Wars since we met Jabba the Hutt. And even before that, since A New Hope, when we know that Greedo's following Han for some reason, he double-crossed someone. So crime syndicates have always been there. It, everyone wants to see more of them. It's a bit funny to me that the most we've learned about crime syndicates are in what people call little kids' cartoon shows. Clone Wars, yeah. Rebels, even Resistance has pirates. And that's where we mm-hmm. learn about all these crime syndicates. And then a little bit with Maul. And everyone wants it. Everyone wants a gangster movie with Jabba or something with all the makes a lot to happen. People want him to go to Tatooine, meet Jabba, meet Boba Fett. And if you have that on one side, plus Kira and Maul on the other side, or even before this, like you were mentioning, just the beginning of the five crime syndicates and everything that Maul did by himself before Solo, it's another way to go and bring back those characters without having to explain how so-and-so survivor or anything. And a Disney Plus TV series is the way to go. Doing a two-hour movie doesn't... It's too much to bridge into just one movie. And then trying to do a trilogy might not work. So yeah, TV show is the way to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, I think my ideal situation, if it were to be solo two, quote unquote, because I know that every that's been actually it's been like a hot topic over Twitter over the last like 24 hours. I don't know if you've been tracking that. Oh, yeah. But... I don't want an actual solo two that just consists of Chewie and Han and then Lando in parts. I actually would prefer it to be centered around the crime syndicates and into TV show form. I would actually would love, 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 love to have it be after Maul dies at Twin Suns because that's what? five year, three four, three to five years mm-hmm. before A New Hope. Mm-hmm. I would love to see how the crime syndicates react because it would be at this point... Kiara would then assume control, correct? Or is, or would Dryden still be alive at that point? At that point, Dryden's dead. Yeah. Dryden's dead. Ten years before the Battle of the Oven. So can you imagine Kiara at this, as becoming the head of a crime syndicate and stories with that potentially involving... I, I'm a big fan of Infus Nest. So with Infus Nest trying to... That yeah. being the challenger. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I would eat that up. I You know what? If there are any executives over at Lucasfilm right now listening, make that happen solely for me. No one else. I don't care about anyone else. Just make it for me. What about you guys? What would be your like ideal crime syndicate or solo two film? Because I mean, it's a good way to kind of talk about this, I'd say. So I'll go the opposite route before coming back to the crime syndicates. I would prefer a solo and chewy team up movie meeting Java and all that, that side of it. I think it was set up pretty well in Solo when Beckett tells him, hey, there's a big job on Tatooine. Let's go over there if you survive this. So I think that's the way to go, at least for me. But picking up after Maul dies, having that vacuum in the crime syndicate is a great way to go. People want to see more of Kira, obviously. And the question is, will she still be in charge of Crimson Dawn? Will she use this as her way out? of it but mm-hmm. and i love emphasis one of my dogs is called emphasis so if you can get me emphasis anywhere i'll take it uh so yeah if you have kira with emphasis still following her and just because it screams on dawn she doesn't care who knows what kira has done in the seven years between solo and the death of Maul. so there's a lot of story you can tell there so anywhere yeah. they go with it it's 
there's so much to tell. It doesn't mess up with the current canon that we're also so familiar with and we don't want anything changed. So it's still in the same area, but can go separate ways. So anywhere, I'll, I'll jump in. I'll help you out. Yeah, Lucasfilm, give Matt a call and I'll, I'll, sign, that, <laughs> I'll sign for him. I'll vouch. I, don't ask me to be a writer. I just, I'm the ideas guy. I'm the ideas guy. <laughs> um, Josh, what about you? I would like to see a buildup of the different stories with the Crimson Kits and even something with Han and Chewie and Lando later with the Hut clan. Going into the Hut clan, I think that the Huts, since they were such a big party throughout the original trilogy, I think that maybe some of like the Crimson Dawn maybe got accumulated into the Hut clan. I don't know. I, I could be wrong. I, I This is just a hypothetical, but... So you're saying like when Maul uh, met his demise, mm-hmm. you had Jabba because he was a the next largest crime syndicate or even larger next potentially. Pikes. Next to the Pikes. Next to the Pikes. But like he could absorb some of the Crimson Dawn and some of the other affiliates. I could see that. Yeah. I mean, the, some people don't have leadership material. And so they might just be like, I just want to go to someplace where I can have consistent pay, you know, as a crime person. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Even thinking about it during Rebels when Maul was, I mean, he was still in charge, but he was still like, he was still focused on finding, I guess, Obi-Wan and trying to, to gain power and through the Sith. But I, I mean, that's how he, that's another version of power for Maul, at least. I mean, we're going a little into Maul, but to see if Cure would be the head of it or somebody else, again, it's all just up in the air because we don't actually know, but (laughs) yeah, I think. I think it would be something with the Hut and the Pikes trying to c- accumulate the other section of Crimson Dawn. Again, that would could make a really fascinating story. Obviously, my in my version, Dryden doesn't continue, maybe other than flashbacks. But I also... <laughs> we could go either way. It could go like a prequel route of Solo where we see <laughs> Dryden. And then we could also see a then sequel route of Solo where it's Kira. I I could eat that all up because I... like Like I said, bounty hunters are cool. I've seen a lot of them. I'm cool with doing something crime syndicate route or something else. They don't need, and not everyone needs to be a bounty hunter. Yeah. Right. I'm going to, before we keep going forward, I'm going to go back and I'm tell Lucasfilm not to go with your idea. Cause now I have another one that Josh put on my head. <laughs> <laughs> so we continue from where we left off in solo, but we have Han meeting up with Java and setting up that crew with the Java and the, with the huts. Then you have Kira Maul with Crimson Dawn on the other side. Hey, Hutz, you got my guy. He killed Beckett. I need him. And then it's a crime syndicate war between the Hot Cartel and Crimson Dawn. And then that's your series for at least one season. The Hots versus the Crimson Dawn. Think about this also. It could be its own trilogy. Yeah. I would watch that as a, as a movie too. I think that that could be really interesting. At the same time, I don't think it necessarily needs to be like a, a four-season series it could be like a special mm-hmm. um but i i would like to see that too i just want to see more crime syndicates if that wasn't clear <laughs> I, I think i made it pretty clear now but so in the end of of your pitched idea do you see the huts winning because of course we see them in episode six and i mean jabba we see oh the huts have to win yeah yeah the, the huts have to win so yeah of course they got boa fett of course they're gonna win <laughs> yeah can you imagine boa fett killing kiara and then have han solo have that deep rage for him yeah like beyond what we've seen man this is getting me excited i'm gonna have to watch solo again after this now (laughs) (laughs) does anyone have any more notes on specifically dryden um because there's a couple of things that i want to talk about not necessarily related to dryden 
Uh, for me, Dryden, and talked about it a little bit at the, the beginning, is just the way he, he introduces himself when Beckett comes in. First off, when Beckett tells Han, oh, we weren't stealing for himself, we were stealing for Crimson Dawn. Chewie and Han just want to hightail it out of there. They don't want anything to do with them, and they don't know anything about Maul. They just know Crimson Dawn, that's Dryden boss. We got to get the hell out. They know, mm-hmm. no, we got to yeah. go. The only way to survive this is to go and try to explain it. And then when they get there, Dryden sees them, and then, oh, I'm sorry to hear about Val. How are you doing? And as soon as Dryden sees Han talking up Kira, he's like, I, I don't care anymore that Val died or anything, that how Beckett's feeling. Who are you? What are you doing here? And let's go and talk about this. Are you okay? Yeah. Okay, I don't care. You messed up. How are you going <laughs> to do to get myself? Oh, I'm sorry. We'll make it back. No, no. Don't give me excuses. Just tell me how you're going to do it. Just that switch yeah. from being all complimentary and concerned about Beckett to, okay, we're done with a five-minute charm. Now, where's my money? If not, we're done with this. You're dead. Yeah. And and notice how it was also in the private was mm-hmm. when he turned. And so he had that face, that the, like putting on that face type yeah. thing. and. Uh, again, he's a top-notch criminal for me, mm-hmm. and uh, a great bad guy in in Star Wars. Yeah, Josh, do you have any other final notes on uh, Dren? One line that actually resonated with me when I was watching Solo was that Dryden said he never asked for anything twice, and like he he looked straight at Solo and was like, you know, give me the uh, coaxium. It did show how much fear he put into other people that were beneath mm-hmm. yeah. him. So I I did have a little bit of you know, an admiration for that line and for him at that moment because... Oh, you like striking fear in people? Yeah, I mean, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I just... The way that the character finally was, like, developed at that moment yeah. was complete. Yep, I agree. Yeah. I also love the backhanded compliment he gives Han. Oh, a fellow scrum, scrum rat from that putrid place that's Corellia. So it's still, <laughs> oh, you survived from that putrid place? Oh, thanks for coming up. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I like it. So one of the questions that I wanted to ask both of you is, so we've seen the lavish lifestyle that Dryden holds. So in the Star Wars universe, if there was one thing that you would have, would it be the fancy boat? Would it be the different collectibles that he has? Like, what would be the one thing that you would want? If you had that unlimited money or would be like a nice villa in in like Alderaan before Alderaan dies or it gets exploded. (laughs) Naboo. Yeah. Like, so what would be your like lavish item if you were this crime lord and you could have that? Hmm. Because I would go with the yacht. I'd I'd personally go with the yacht. (laughs) I think a nice house on Scarif before it all went to hell. (laughs) Just laying out on the beach, a nice place over there. With my own Put personal... it on the far side. Yeah. On the <laughs> other side. You just see the little smoke on the end. Oh, I guess a volcano just erupted. When they get too close, I'll just get on my X-Wing and fly to Naboo then and my other summer house over there. Uh, <laughs> that's good. That's I good. like it. What about um, you, Josh? I don't know. I'm trying to still think. Uh, not a, a yacht. Not, not, I'm not going to say like the yacht that you want, Matt. But I would say like some kind of ship. A big ship that would would be able to to go to different planets and and just be in in luxury. So. Yeah, the yacht just sounds so much better than like a freighter. <laughs> yeah. Like you hear like yeah. a freighter, and you think it's like rusted, broken down. You think of the Falcon, which I would still love the Falcon. Don't get me wrong, but then you like hear the first light, a yacht, and you're just like, yes, <laughs> give me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think I I could handle a yacht. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be buying it. You wouldn't be flying it. You would yeah. just be living in luxury. You wouldn't be under fire ever because you wouldn't need to smuggle because you're this lavish person that can just get by instantly. So that that I'd go with the yacht personally. Yeah. But it needs more. It needs more views. I noticed that 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 the first light had a lot of interior, but not a lot of exterior views. So it need it would need some more windows and glass. Some balconies <laughs> up there. Yeah. So when you're in orbit, you can actually like sit out there and just feel the breeze. Yep. I, I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that. Jabba's barge. <laughs> Jabba's barge. See, but that one, that one feels like more rustic, and yes. I, I'd want more the the modern, clean line. Look, yes, so. of course. You want the whole Colossus <laughs> from Resistance and the whole space station to yourself? Yes. That would, yes. That would be, yes. That would go. Thank you. Star Resistance. Yes. <laughs> Finally, when um, it actually goes into space. Not <laughs> yeah. Star Wars. Those weird creatures over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Alberto, the last question I have for you we go. is going to be a doozy. Josh, you're not allowed to answer this because we're saving this for our 25th episode special. Okay, but it'll allow you to start thinking about it. Is Spoilers. what is your movie order? Can I cheat <laughs> and say depending on my mood? Uh, what you're feeling right now. Note that it's subject to change. It's ever evolving. So what are you feeling right now? You can do just the just the Skywalker saga. You can include all the movies if you want to, but I, I'd like to get a know of uh, your movie order right this second. So if I, when people ask me this, oh, I've never seen Star Wars. How how should I start? And I should say mm-hmm. start with four, five, and six, but I don't for some reason. So I start with Phantom Man as I go in chronological order. So I think that's my okay. pick. But I just watched New Hope yesterday, and I think the next one will be Empire. I won't go back and start from the beginning. So my wife wanted mm-hmm. to see A New Hope. She hasn't seen it in a while, so I'll probably go that route and then start with Phantom Menace and all that. And of course, you got to throw Rogue One in between. If you're doing that chronological, do Rogue One before A New Hope. You can skip Solo if you want. Shouldn't, because that's what we're talking mm-hmm. about today. But if you're <laughs> doing just the main saga, you got to do... You can do them in order, but make sure to put Rogue One right before A New Hope. Perfect. That sounds good. I... Don't agree with your viewing order, but I do. I understand it. I also think that it gives a larger story for like you get to see Darth Vader before. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have that as big of a buildup with five when it says I am your father. There's like a it's, I forget what it's called, like the the split order. I forget the exact name of it, but it's where you watch one, two and like halfway through three or you watch four. Then you do one, two you do halfway to three, then you do five, then you do three again, then you do six. It, it's it's a very weird. It's like yeah, it's a chopped up order, but that's like the way if oh, you want machete to. Order. Machete order, machete, yeah. machete, machete order. That's yeah, even worse. I tried to find that Clone Wars in chronological order. Um, oh. So I understand because for us we grew up with that reveal of I am your father. Yeah, but for people who have never seen Star Wars. Oh, Anakin, there's no way he's going to turn to the dark side. If they're seeing Phantom Man as Attack of the Clones and then Revenge, they have no idea this is going to turn, no idea that the Emperor is the one behind everything. So you still get that shock value just coming from a separate angle. I mean, yeah, agreed. from viewing Clone Wars, like you can see a different, different side of Anakin where it's a little bit more... You know what Obi Wan was talking about in A New Hope when he was the best warrior. Yeah, he's a just yeah. Definitely watching it in a different order gives it a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Definitely, <laughs> and even close. I agree. I I go I go because I grew up still on the original trilogy. Um, that's what we had on VHS at my house. So I always go four, five, six, one, two, three. 
Spoilers. This back. isn't my. <laughs> well, no, no, this isn't. This isn't my uh, ranking. This oh, is just okay. my viewing order. Just gotcha. my viewing order. Yeah, so. I, I agree with that. Anyhow, I think that pretty much concludes it. Alberto, where can the listeners out there find you? Well, of course, on Twitter, you can follow at Radio Rebel Pod. You can also go to YouTube and search Radio Rebellion Podcast on YouTube. I started doing some live live chat shows a few weeks, a few months ago. And you can also follow my personal Twitter account at Tweets by AC. And that's basically it. Just make sure to listen. We try to record on Saturdays for the YouTube shows. And then the actual audio podcast comes out on Monday. So we got a few over there. Awesome. Yeah, definitely check it out. I enjoyed tuning in um, the few times that I've been able to. Sure. Um, and it's it's a lot of fun. So thank you for doing this. And for everyone else out there, what, Josh, who are we reviewing next week? We are reviewing Ezra Bridger. Yes. And that is with the Gal Lactic <laughs> podcast. Nice. We're excited to have them on the show. It's going to be a lot of talk of Jedi and theory building, and it's going to be a blast. So make sure to check that out and make sure to follow our social medias at Wannabe Jedi Podcast for Facebook and Instagram, and then at Wannabe Jedi Cast for Twitter. Make sure to drop follows there. Instagram, we've started posting a lot more, so give it a follow. Shout out to my amazing wife, who has done a lot of great artwork for it, and you can check it out there as well. And until then, we will see you guys all later. May the Force be with you all. Boom.